So today, and um, after a lot of prayer with the elders, um, we really feel a release from the Lord to begin to uh, teach on the gifts or the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And I want to not go into that today exactly. I just want to kind of lay a groundwork before we move on. Um, let me just say that I believe it is for today. Um, we need it desperately, earnestly desire. Now, it wasn't just for that first generation or that first church. It's for this church, too. We are part of that church. And we need to have... Light really bothered me. We need to have those gifts operating inside of us. Um, like with all things, it's for believers. So you need to have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before you receive these gifts. Um, I also believe that you probably also need to be water baptized before you get into this as well. I know there's instances in the Acts where when Peter was preaching to uh, Cornelius and his household, the Holy Spirit fell before they are even water baptized. So it doesn't have to be a formula, but it is part of it, though. I think it's important that we make sure that we are laying a good and solid foundation that the church fathers and the Bible has showed forth. So, uh, concerning the COVID thing, James has already kind of gone over that. We've prayed about it and talked about that too. Um, I believe as uh, elders and leaders, our position hasn't changed um, we still, I believe that we still need to be coming together. And as far as your faith takes it, if you are wearing a mask, if you are not wearing a mask, if you are vaccinated, if you're unvaccinated, that you show each other honor and respect. And um, love one another from the heart. Don't look down on one another because of whatever decision or wherever their faith brings them to. Okay, well, I think we should be bold in these last days. When it comes to these things, but also, I was reminded of the scripture when Jesus was being tempted in the desert, and the enemy said, "Go ahead, if you're the son of my son of God, throw yourself off the temple, because he will give his angels charge over you, so you won't hurt yourself. You won't even dash your foot against a stone." Jesus combated that with his own word from Deuteronomy. He's like, "You shall not put the Lord your God to the test." And I think in these days that we have to walk that balance, which is faith, I believe. But we also don't put the Lord your God to the test. Don't do things that are foolish that you know you shouldn't be doing. Okay? Um, the Holy Spirit will let you know what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. But in these days, uh, they are quite precarious. But it's so good to see your guys' faces here today. And um, anyway... Amen. I'll walk off from that right now. <clears throat> like I said, we're not going to be getting into the meat of um, the nine manifestations or the gifts of the Holy Spirit so much today. We're just going to be kind of touching on some of them. But, of course, a lot of this is going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, I'm reading out of the New King James Version Bible, uh, whatever Version you have, I'm sure it's okay. Even my brother, um, I don't know if he's got the NIV. Are you reading out of that, Seth? Or okay, 
think Tommy gave him a copy of that. So, 1 Corinthians 12. Starting with verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want to make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed or anathema, cursed to hell. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And for you guys to think right now that um, you may not have worshipped idols like the, the Hindus in India, where I guess they have hundreds of millions of different gods. Um, I remember as a police officer going into, uh, they call it like a drop house, and it was quite eerie. Um, we had got a lot of complaints about this house, so we went in, made entry to the home, and I remember there was only furniture all the way back on this porch area. And as I walked in there, I guess it's not the spidey sense. It's like a sense, like, like I like being here. And as I walked back there, um, there were two guys who were just kind of sitting silently on a couch. And um, the only furniture was back there, so we know something's up. And to my left, I remember looking over, there was this idol. And this guy was like sitting on a stack of money. And I'm not going to mention the name of the idol. I don't want to mention these those idols here in this place. And um, I remember there were all these uh, dollar bills and $100 bills ripped up and taped to it. And beneath it was a place where they offered other things to this idol. Um, they're all around us. You know, whether in the West we don't really believe that, but I mean... We made our opinions and other things, uh, idols in our own mind in the West. We certainly have. Uh, one of the idols, um, unfortunately, says that uh, we came from an accident. You know, that we came from a lightning strike billions of years ago, which turned the entire planet to split green pea soup and stuff. And eventually monkeys came out of it, and that's where we came from. That's an idol as well. That's an idol of the mind that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Where in our Bible, he says that he lovingly created Adam out of the earth, out of the clay. And he fashioned him with his hands. And can you imagine all of creation watching as the creator was doing this? What is he making? It's an image of him. And as he stooped down, he breathed the life of God, his life into him. And Adam became a living soul at that time. That's where we came from. I didn't come from Coco the gorilla. Neither did you. So don't let's not look down on the people who do worship idols throughout the world, because we are just as guilty of that as they are. Okay? But we have been set free. Might get uh, thrown off of YouTube, but I don't care. So the gifts. And we see down here in Corinthians, I just want to kind of touch on some of these things. In verse 4, it says there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. 
There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and another the workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. So there's nine there altogether. Um, as with all things that come from the Lord, um, these were gifts that were given after Jesus ascended on high. And he gave the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I believe that when you and I believed and confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, okay, and that we were baptized, we received the Holy Spirit. You went into the water, okay? You received the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. And, of course, we can go back to what we were talking about before. Phil had preached on this before, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I had preached on it several months later. That this is a difference. Instead of going into the water, this time it ascended from on high, kind of like Niagara Falls. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before. Or our own dry falls over here up in Highlands Road. It's something that came from above. It didn't come from beneath. It came from heaven. This is where the apostles received this, this power. And all the people in the church who received this, baptism in the Holy Spirit, began to receive these gifts. So, so these things, these gifts that we receive from the Lord, ones we just read over, they can't be earned or purchased. It is a gift. And they're not medals and they're not merit badges either. We need to exercise these gifts. And I believe that to each one, since they're available to all believers, one of the things that we've been praying for um, as elders, deacons, uh, for you guys, myself included, is that you would receive training while you're here, that you would receive an equipping while you're here. Joey D., many months ago, do you guys remember the sermon that he preached? It's on boot camp, basic training. And you guys know Joey. Uh, he was a Marine, still is a Marine, forever will be a Marine probably. But part of, before you go out into the world and you do these good deeds, you need to get equipped and you need to get trained. That's an important part of what we are as believers. And I remember when I went through my own training um, with Gwinnett and then later up here at Haywood uh, Community College to be a police officer. And it's a different type of training. It's not the same, but there's a lot of similarities. Um, before they handed you a weapon or something of those sorts, you had to, I had to go through two weeks of training just breaking down the gun and figure out all the components of it and how it goes together. Lock, glide, <laughs> release, eject, 
all those things, tap, rack, roll. I still remember that after all these years because I had to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And I believe in some ways the Christian walk is a lot of the same thing. We've got to learn the basics first and then learn to do the basics well and then learn to do them great. Don't skip the process. Don't skip steps. Thinking you can kind of learn these things out on your own or whatever. It's like there's a reason why we have to do these things together. It's part of the training. It's part of the maturing process. So for six months, I had to go through that. Joey D., I guess, is it, is it 12 weeks? Do you know, Ron? You're in the Navy, but I don't know. 14? Okay. So we had to go through that. They had to go through that as well. They had to learn how to march in formation. We had to do the same thing, too. Not because we marched down the street as a cop or anything like that, but we had to learn to follow directions. Simple directions. Think of your own family. If you all sit down to a meal together that the wife or the husband made, and all of a sudden it's just like dig in and everyone just starts eating the food and stuff like that, everyone's talking over each other, it's still a good time for a little while unless you're dead and then your head's about to explode. But it's just like, wait a second, slow down. Yeah, you're getting fed. Yeah, you're talking and communicating, but there's an order to it, though. All right? We can't just keep doing that. And we experienced a little bit of that last night with some uh, dear people that we love so much. And I had to talk to my kids about that this morning. It's not that we don't love hearing from people how they're doing and stuff. But when you're in a family, you've got to make way for other people to speak as well. Okay? It's not just about you all the time. And as you grow up, that happens. But don't be like a 60 or 50-year-old person who still thinks that the world and the dinner table just revolves around you. And your keen insight on what's going on. You know, I'm guilty of that sometimes, too, making such an idol sometimes out of my own stinking opinion. And God has really gigged me lately for some of that stuff. I thought I was being, well, that's from the Lord. It's like, no, son, you're just showing off. So, he who he loves, he chastises still, disciplines too. And I've got a choice to make. He's like, well, that wasn't from the Lord. <laughs> I know his voice. It was definitely from the Lord. But when you guys hear and feel those little nudges from the Lord, obey the first time, just like you were taught when you were a little kid, and the way that you raised your own kids as well. Amen? All right. So, and the gifts also, as Joey was explaining the things that, that went on during that time, it was just... It was hellish, it sounded like. I guess they were in South Carolina, a foreign country, far, far away. And it was like during the summertime when all the sand fleas and all the, the terrible things that they went through. It's like, what has that got to do with warfare? God promised the children of Israel as he delivered them mightily out of the hand of the Pharaoh and out of Egypt. And as they crossed the Red Sea on dry land... It was the Red Sea. It wasn't like a little puddle somewhere. It was the Red Sea. 
And as they went, and Pharaoh and his army went in there and were completely destroyed and drowned, the remains are probably still down there, I'm sure, that God promised them a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. And what was the first test that they went through? Three days, they were without water. Two and a half million, maybe three million people kicking up dust. Where the heck is this land at? That was part of their training. We might look, oh, look at, you know, look at these dumb Israelis. It was like, if I were there, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have complained. Yes, we would have. Yes, we would have. He puts us through things we don't understand a lot of the times. And I know as I've gotten older, um, he doesn't explain as much anymore. He just kind of says, are you going to do it or not? I was a little child. It's like I don't mind explaining things to my kids to a point. He asks us to believe, though, not to understand all the time. Understanding sometimes comes much later. And it might not even come during this lifetime, but we still believe and we still walk with that purpose that he is training us. So, during the week, I'm going to give you guys an assignment, and I'm not done yet, but I just want you guys to... Be disciplined, and hopefully every day you are at least getting fed somewhere. You're getting in the Word. You're in prayer. Okay, you're receiving a teaching from someone else. Don't just hear what I've got to say or what's going on right here. Hear from other teachers. It's okay, but always check it with God's Word. Okay? God's given a lot of very powerful speakers out there for your good and for your benefit. Remain hungry and thirsty. You know, there's a lot of different ways we can say these things. The Holy Spirit, I don't know how He does what He does, but He can say the same passage and put His Spirit back into it and make it brand new. All the time He does that. Fresh manna every morning. But if you are a believer, you really need to be getting into that every day. You know, if you're working third shift, I get it. You can't really get up in the morning and do that. You're getting ready to conk out. I did that for three and a half years. I get it. But sometime during the day, seek the Lord. Seek Him. Get that fresh bread from Him. So one of the other things about what Joe was talking about, too, was that there came a day when you did graduate. You learned marksmanship, how to march, gotten in really good shape, got your equipment, learned how to take care of it. And now the war or the battle, the assignment is getting ready to come. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now in this this body of believers. That we want to make sure that you know what equipment you're supposed to have. How to take care of it. How to use it. How to follow directions. And then the Lord will start using you even more and more. He's faithful to do that.
And with some of you guys, he's already doing it quite a bit. But I know with others, I don't want you sitting on the sidelines. I want you to be actively pursuing the Lord and what he's called you to do. I want you to know that. It's so important that you know that he called you for something, for a purpose, and to receive whatever gift that is that comes from him, that you might walk in it. I remember when I had, uh, after six months, we were ready to get back out onto the road when I was a police officer down there in, uh, in Atlanta. And in the additional six months, we had 12 additional weeks of FTO, field training officer, where you have to go through these different phases to learn how to do the things that a cop does. And I remember one of my uh, first things that I did was uh, we had to watch for like four weeks just to see how the cop operated, the senior officer. And after the fifth week, he stands there with you, but you start doing it yourself. You start driving the car. You start answering the radio. So we were going to a noise complaint, which is not a big deal. But when I got there, it was a big deal. It was like this giant gangbanger festival that was going on. Cars everywhere, music blaring, 2.30 in the morning. And I remember walking up to the door. And he, he said, go ahead, go talk to these guys, rookies, see what happens. Tell them to shut down the music. So I remember, I was like, I was like why did it get so hot all of a sudden? <laughs> so I walk up to the door, and I've got the uniform on, got the gun, the baton, two sets of cuffs, ready to go, look good. Come up to the door, and I remember just my hand just feeling just so shaky. It's like, just the weakest the weakest knock. I'm like, oh my God. And all of a sudden the door opens and there is this Mr. Gangbanger there. And he could tell right away I was a rookie. <laughs> oh my God. He had that look in his eye. It's like, look at this little bonbon right here. He's like, what do you want? It's like, um, <clears throat> sir, if uh, we've had some complaints, um, you mind just turning down the, the music a little bit? Sure. Just slams the door right by my face. And I'm just standing there and just like, oh my gosh. Have I learned anything at all? You know, I'm just just frozen there. And I remember I could hear my field training officer begin to walk with a purpose. And he was a big guy. And all of a sudden he gets his baton out. And he takes the bottom end of it and just boom, boom, boom on the door. And the guy opens the door expecting to see me, and he sees someone else. And he didn't have to say a word to him. He's like, okay, we'll shut it down. Hey, shut it down. And he did, the music. And I remember that field training officer turned around and just looked at me with that special look. <laughs> I'm not very tall anyway, but I mean... If I could hide under, uh, oh my gosh, anything. Oh, earth just swallow me up. He's like, get in the car. So we had to go over and over. Just like your presence, how you act around people. 
how you deal with people. You don't have to be going crazy all the time. And I remember one of the sayings that he told me, it's like, you be polite and as kind as you let those people let you be. Do not ever let them walk over you. And as a Christian, I believe this is the same way. We are not a doormat. Now, if your enemy is harassing you and doing those things, you don't back down, I think you should give them a cup of cold water. Give them some food. That way you're heaping coals on their head and stuff. Let the Lord deal with that. But we are not to be afraid. No way. And God puts us in situations constantly to work that fear out of us. Always. Because fear is a killer. It attacks the mind first. And it makes us do crazy and just things that are just like, it doesn't make any sense. Why are you do- Well, everyone else is doing Everyone else is buying toilet paper. Hurry! I remember a dear family member was at a Dollar General when I guess we had the taper, paper, uh, toilet paper run of uh, 2020. And I think he just got, like, you know, some snacks or whatever. And he looks around and everyone's got, like, just toilet paper, you know, just like. He looks around and he's like, well, I, I guess I better get some too, you know. You know, they had, like, a ton at the house already. He went and got the toilet paper. <laughs> So, but that's what fear does. It's just like, why are we doing these things? The Lord wants us to be settled. Take a deep breath. Know that He is on His throne. His Holy Spirit is inside of you. He is inside of you. Like, Lord, what should I do? Even for simple little things like that, He will give you direction. Don't tell me He won't. I know it from my own life. It's true. So, as we continued on in my field training, I remember one of the things I needed, I was good at some things. Some things I just still was not that great at. Directions was one of them. Honey, you know that more than anyone else. Even with the GPS, it's like, where am I? (laughs) But thank God I'd get there, you know. Sometimes a little late, but whatever. What are you going to do? And I remember one of the things that the Lord told me uh, concerning becoming better at what I did. He's like, you need to hang out with the best cops that are here. And they're not going to be very hard not to find. They're everywhere. So go pick out a couple and hang out with them and ask them, how do they do the things that they do? Watch them. And I remember... I hung out with this one guy, Gallant. He was from Boston. And uh, he was a complete Bostonian, if you know what I mean. And um, he had like this pot belly, kind of like what I've got right now. Bald-headed, probably about five foot six. But whenever he spoke and whenever he did anything, he got people to do whatever he wanted. I mean, he had the most felony arrest in our entire West Precinct. And so I go and hang out with him and see how he spoke to people and how he talked to people. And I know that the Lord was telling me, he's like, follow this guy for a while, but you need to develop your own voice and how you're going to do things. And a lot of the things and how I do things, there's a serious side to me, but also I know the Lord has given me a very weird 
sense of humor. And actually, it's helped quite a bit. Um, I think the Lord gives us a sense of humor to protect us, but also to know that, um, you know, the Lord sits on his throne and he laughs. He does. Especially at the threats of the nations. And I remember I was going to a domestic. And uh, Rose is not here. She loves this story. But on this domestic, um, you could read out on the computer uh, what was the issue. So I got to read it. And in it, the wife was accusing a husband of trying to poison her. I was like, oh, this should be interesting. So I've been on the job for about a year. I'm still kind of a rookie. But I'm really kind of finding my own footing on how to deal with people. So I get there, and um, they're of different ethnicity. So we're already having a language barrier already. And so they're both yelling at each other in the kitchen, each one accusing each other of something. So the first thing you've got to do in a domestic, separate them. Um, let that be a lesson when you are fighting your wife or your husband. Sometimes you just need to step away and stop just for a moment. Gather your senses and then come back into it. But don't just keep thinking, if I say this thing for the 17th time, she'll finally get it. All you're going to do is she's going to want to kill you. Okay? So stop. (laughs) So I got the guy into another room where I could still see what he was doing. And you try to get people out of the kitchen because there's lots of sharp things in there and hot things. So I talked to the lady. I said, tell me what happened. She goes, I went and took a shower, and when I came back, he tried to, he poisoned the soup. He wants to kill me. I was like, okay, you know, I'm like writing these things down, you know. And I said, how do you know? And he says, well, I have a big pot of soup. And when I left, there was this much, and when I came back, there was this much. So I'm like understanding, which is, okay, so he, he added some stuff to it. So I look at the guy, and I'm like, um, are you arguing with your wife? You guys hit each other? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I know. I don't hate her. He's like, did you poison the soup? And he's like, no, I don't poison the soup. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, Lord, just give me something. So I go over to the cabinet, and I open it up, and I grab a bowl. And I put the bowl down. And he's like, I said, take a seat. So he sits down. And I say to him, um, there's no poison in the soup? He said, no. I said, okay. So I give him two big ladles. I said, go ahead and eat. He starts eating eat that stuff. And I said, would you like another bowl? And he's like, sure. And the lady just like, took a lot of the wind out of her sail. She's still mad. He's like, he's poisoned. He's like, he's eating the soup, right? So as I'm ladling him his second bowl of soup... <laughs> My partner walks in, and he's, he's like an ex-Marine, too, and he's like, he said he had to walk out because he said a couple of F-bombs and stuff. It's like, here's Greenlee, this rookie, serving up these people bowls of soup and stuff. I don't know what the heck's going on. He had to walk out and stuff, and the guy ate the, the second bowl of soup. But it is a funny story. The Lord, and he ate the rest of it, too. And actually, I had a bowl of it, too. It was very good. <laughs> it's like, I'm not turning down free food. Are you kidding me? 
Chicken noodle soup is uh, is winter. The Lord will do and use you in weird situations like that. And he will use you in very serious situations as well. That might seem very lighthearted, but I don't think if I needed that training, six months and the additional 12 weeks, and then the hanging out with the cops who were much better than I was. And I think hanging out with those cops is part of what we call discipleship. And everyone, I don't care how old you are in the Lord, it's like you need to be having someone that you can model your life after. Just like Timothy had a Paul. He did. And I think it's important that if you do have someone that you look up to, hang around them. See how they do the things in this walk. See how they do that. There's nothing wrong with that. And as someone older in the Lord and stuff, you need to be discipling those young, who are younger than you. Part of discipleship is that you're replicating these things because you're not going to be here forever, and I'm not going to be here forever. And if the Lord tarries, I hope he doesn't tarry much longer. But we do, as that old other generation passes on, hopefully these things, we, we can get it from that other generation. Moses passed that along to Joshua. What an incredible generation that was. We've got to do the same. We can't just be content. Just doing our own thing. Doing our own thing. And in God's family, in his army, he's called the Lord of hosts more than anything else, as far as I know in the Bible, the God of armies. We're also part of his family. I get that. He is our father. But um, if you guys haven't recognized yet, we're in a war. But we need training. We need to know how these things work. What he's saying. How he's doing it. And we need each other. Despite how you think you might, well, well, I don't need these people. I don't need to get hurt again. By those in church. Yeah, I guarantee if you're in church, you're probably going to get hurt. It's going to happen. We're going to say something silly or stupid. Or just right out being hurtful. But we've got to get past that. I remember during training, we had... The first week was called Hell Week. And we had to fight... And I had to fight an instructor, and I was so gassed by the time I got done with my running around and push-ups and all these other things. He put the strobe lights on, and there was my instructor in front of me with his gloves on. And he pounded me into oblivion. I got a couple shots and maybe three. And I remember one of the other instructors saying to him, his name was Wes, he was like, Wes, Jack, I'm right in his jaw. And he hit me, boom, right in the jaw. And I remember the Lord saying, don't you dare pass out. You stand there if you've got to be a stinking punching bag. And I did. I received a beating. <laughs> some of you guys have received some beatings lately, too. Health. 
all the crazy things that are going on around you, relationships, or you just feel like the almighty punching bag of the world. That's okay. That's to toughen you up some. But there does come a time where you can't be the punching bag anymore. You've got to hit back. In the power of His might. Not swinging wildly at the branches and just shooting. <laughs> when you hear it like a little creak behind you and stuff like that. You've got to be trained. And it's okay. He is really trying to drive the fear out of us. And replace it with His Spirit. His Holy Spirit. Which will give us peace and calmness. Now, I'm not going to go into all of my other cop stories right now. I wasn't even planning on that. I had these things written out all nicely. And I like touched like 10% of it. But whatever. I think you guys heard what you needed to hear today. And I was glad to, to bring it. And I was glad to be the punching bag. It doesn't happen much anymore, though. It doesn't. I'm not talking about physical fights, which I've been in a couple. I'm talking about spiritual ones. You have better learn to fight for your family. Because if you don't, you're going to blow that door right off your house. Okay? So, read chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. So we can be prepared to talk about it next week. Make sure it gets on some good soil. Make sure you set some time aside for this. Put down the Facebook for crying out loud. And get on here. And get quiet with the Lord. Shut out those distractions. Even those dear little cherubs and stuff like that. If you got to get up really early. I know Becky and I, we've probably made this a practice for about a year and a half. It's like if we're up at 7 and stuff, it's like those kids are already down there. we got to get up earlier. I didn't have to do that 10 or 15 years ago. Like, But i got to become more disciplined too. So do you. So, I want to pray for us. Father, we thank you that you have called us to a high and holy purpose. Or that you, before the foundations of the world, you knew us. We thank you, Jesus, that you bought us, that you redeemed us. From all the works of darkness, that we wouldn't have to follow after idols anymore. But we can come home to the Father. Lord, I pray that these coming weeks, that you would open the eyes of our heart. That we would receive revelation. Lord, about all these things that are in your word. Lord, that we can equip one another and train. Lord, as we see it get darker and darker. Father, I just thank you for our body here, and I thank you for the body of believers in Franklin. 
Lord, that we would not be going about as business as usual. Lord, that we would say, Lord, what would you have us to do? So Lord, we need that restoration. We need those times of refreshment that the Apostle Peter spoke about to refresh us. Lord, to give us, Lord, that new zeal for you. Lord, that the things of this world would not attract us like they used to. And we thank you, God, that you are doing that mighty work in us. Bless these people. Thank you, Lord, for those who are recovering from sickness. Lord, in all things that you, you are there with us. In Jesus' name, amen.